right, bro, let's turn to Genesis 50. Genesis 50. I wanted to uh, let y'all know that Brother uh, Colin had, had sent his warm regards down from Australia. I was chatting with him this week, and, and the brethren there, and they pray for us often, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, I talked to Brother Andre, too, and uh, he's doing well. And hopefully here in a few weeks, he may be with us for a couple services. He'll be doing some work down here, and I'm, I look forward to seeing him, just I'm sure you all are, too. <clears throat> Genesis 50. We see the story of Joseph coming to a close as we see this book coming to a close. But we remember Joseph was the preferred brother. He was the preferred son of his father, his father Jacob. And uh, there was some suffering for that. His brothers were mean to him to the point that they wouldn't have him reign over them and, and have him reign over their father and their mother. And so they... They sold him off and faked his death, and it's a terrible thing. Be forsaken by your family, be thrown into a pit, and then sold into slavery. Well, he went on and did well, and then he was in Potiphar's house, and he was wrongly accused, falsely accused of crime, and was cast into jail. That would have been hard. And then he had interpreted some dreams with the baker there and why he was in there, and ended up he was the, the, the number two man in all of Egypt. He had a new name. He had a new language. He had a new place of living, a new, a new culture and way of doing things. And he was fine with it. He was fine with it. When a famine came, he'd interpreted that dream about the famine. We have seven thick years and seven thin years. Seven years of good, of plenty, seven hard years. That's what's going to happen. I remember people got mad at him. Why not eight years? I don't think you're right. He said, well, you don't matter what I think. No matter what you think, if I think I'm right, that's what's going to happen. And so time came, famine came. He put up in the storehouses, and, and his brothers and his father and his family that had rejected him and cast him away, they got to where they was wanting corn. No, that ain't the word. They needed corn. And there was corn in Egypt. And if you was going to eat, if you were going to be alive, in a foreign land with a foreign language, with a foreign name, <laughs> a foreign culture, you're going to have to deal with Joseph. And so Joseph spoke to his brothers, and he spoke harshly to them, didn't he? Didn't he talk mean to them? That was in, in loving kindness, wasn't it? He knew what needed to happen. They couldn't just go in. and Then the excuses would have come. They excused everything. And, and blame it on somebody else instead of taking ownership and them being the one that was at fault. But he let this go on, and he went through this, this process a couple of times of sending them back to their father. And then he revealed himself. He was good to them the whole time. Good to them the whole time. And he revealed himself to his brethren. And he said, I'm your brother. I'm, your, I'm not your enemy. I'm not your executioner. I'm not your judge. I'm not here to condemn you or hurt you or harm you in any way. I'm not here to do something bad to you. I'm here to do something good for you. I'm your brother. What's that? Fear not. Fear not. And he said, you go get daddy. I'll send some, some wagons down there. All the provisions provided. And you go tell them what I said. I'll give you the message and the means. You bring Jacob home. 
You bring them here where I am. And I'm going to put you all down in Goshen, and it's going to be wonderful. Pharaoh just so delighted that all this is going to happen, and you're going to be in a land of plenty. Well, 17 years pass. 17 years. That's a long time, isn't it? 17 years pass, and Jacob dies. Jacob dies. And those brothers didn't go, those sons of Jacob didn't go to Joseph and say, that was a beautiful service, wasn't it? You remember them gospel messages that was preached there? It was precious. I, I forgot I was even at a funeral. <laughs> didn't you? I was halfway through that message. I, was, I, I didn't know I was in a funeral. It was, they didn't rejoice with him. They were scared to death. They were scared to death. And they're going to have to hear from Joseph one more time. And you know, we're going to, we hear from the Lord, fear not, and he speaks peace in our hearts. He, he I can't. People want me to, and you can, it ain't, might, might not. If the Lord's the only one that can speak comfort, he may use me, I hope he does. But he speaks comfort in the heart of his child for the first time, and then he's going to do it again, and then he's going to do it again. And as long as we're in this body of death, it's going to have to keep happening. We're not going to get, if, we, if we're up on a on step like they are on the boats, you know, if we're up on a good plane and we don't have no fears and everything's fine all day, every day, there's problems. There's an ocean below us, and we don't know it. There's problems. And these brethren had to go through this. And this, this is not just reconciliation after a funeral. This ain't how to have good family government. Again, this is how the Lord saves sinners. And this is, this is their experience, and this was my experience. And this has been some of your all's experience, and it's going to be somebody else's experience. And this is precious. Look here in Genesis 50, verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that her father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certain, certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto thee evil and now we pray thee forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father and Joseph wept when they spake unto him and his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we be thy servants and Joseph said unto them fear not for am I in the place of God but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear not, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. That's a unique way of wording things, isn't it? especially after a funeral, after 17 years of peace and joy and the crops coming in and we're going to church services together. He says in verse 15, Joseph's brethren, when they saw their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us. He's going to hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. Like everything's been fine because daddy was there. But now that daddy's gone, 
He's going to hate us, and he's going to requite us of that evil that we did unto him. Hate us. He's going to hate us. Remember, Joseph is a picture of Christ our Lord that we've been looking at over and over, every facet of that diamond, right? He is here too. And, and would it be right for Joseph to hate his brethren? He's been put through a lot. His brethren was mean to him and evil to him and did a whole lot of bad stuff to him. Would it be right for him to hate them? Is it right for the Lord to hate somebody? He does. People, well, God's love. How could you say that his word says he hates people? It says in Psalm 45, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, because of that, God, thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Because you loved righteousness, because you hated wickedness, God's going to honor you. That's what he said to the son. How can hate be good? Was you taught not to use that word when you was a little kid? Hate's a strong word. Don't say hate. Don't use that language. I was taught that, and I, I, I hate all kinds of stuff. I hate peppers, and <laughs> I say it all the time. We don't learn good, do we? But how can hate be good? Lord says in Psalm 139, I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. That's how. He has perfect hatred. We have self-serving hatred. He has perfect hatred. With that perfect hatred, that's what we read there in Romans 9. And as, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. The Lord loved righteousness. He hates wickedness. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. God forbid. That's us being judges, right? He's the judge. And if he loves something, it's worthy of his love. And if he hates it, it's worthy of his hate because it's a perfect hatred and it's a perfect love. Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. The, the electing love of the Lord is hated by, by natural man, by so many people. What ought to shock us is that he will have mercy. <laughs> if we know what we are, if we know we're guilty, he's going to have compassion. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, what, what, why would he design it that way? So it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Well, he don't deserve mercy. That's the point. <laughs> It's not deserved. You deserve death. You're not getting something you do deserve. That's mercy. And he gets all the glory for that. All the glory. That's perfect hatred. I say amen. I may not understand it, but that's right. <laughs> if, he, if he's pleased to teach me later, he'll teach me later. That does not mean that God loves less. I've heard that a lot. So, well, the, the translation there ought to be. Well, it's translated the way it's translated, and we ought to read it as, it's, as it lays. But I've heard a man say, well, he loved Esau less. That's not so. That's not so. The scriptures say the Lord loves righteousness, and he hates wickedness. That's one or the other. We're, we're either saved from our sins and have eternal life in him or you don't you're going to perish and die in your sins and have eternal damnation either a man preaches the gospel or he doesn't preach the gospel either somebody's faithful or they're unfaithful you either pay your taxes or you don't pay your taxes it's one or the other he does not love less remember look back at Genesis 29 real quick 
Genesis 29, verse 30. And he went in also unto Rachel. And speaking of Jacob, he went also to Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. Remember how Jacob went down, he wanted Rachel, and so he served seven years, and he woke up next to Leah, and he said, well, I want Rachel, so we got to serve another seven years. And because he loved Rachel more, this is Jacob's wording, right? So what's that mean? He loved Leah less. He loved Rachel more, and he loved Leah, but he just didn't love Leah as much as he loved Rachel. That's how we think. Look at verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, because her womb was dried up, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Jacob said, well, I, I love her, and I don't love her quite as much. And God said, Leah's hated. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. The problem that natural man has with election is not that Jacob was loved, but it was that Esau was hated. We've heard that a lot, ain't we? Have you ever met Esau? Does anybody walking this earth, like, oh, yeah, me and Esau went to high school together. I liked it. We played on the, rest, on the wrestling team together. Nobody knows Esau. They don't care about Esau. Why do they have a rub with that because of? They think they're good. How could, if God could hate Esau, that means he could hate me. I'm good. I'm righteous. I'm not all bad. I may not be perfect. God saves perfect sinners, teetotal. That's like them lepers. Whenever they were pronounced clean, they had to be completely covered in leprosy. Like, well, I'm a leper, but, you know, this elbow's doing okay. Well, you ain't clean yet. Get out of here. You're still holding on to something that's, that's yours. There's a new creation born of God. There's an old man that can't believe that God would hate Esau. And there's a new creation that knows its sins had sin revealed to it. And it's amazed that Jacob could be loved. That's amazing. We all deserve death. God's right to kill everybody and send us all away and do whatever he wants to after that. Start a new, a new worth or whatever he feels like. He's right to do that. I can't believe he would save Jacob. I can't believe he'd save me. That's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Look here, <clears throat> Genesis 50, verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead... They said unto Joseph, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. What's requite mean? That means to make appropriate return for either doing right or doing wrong. That's another way of saying justice. Justice is going to be carried out. We've done him wrong and we've got coming to us what we've got coming to us. And this is going to take place. This, this judge, mankind ain't, ain't really scared of judgment because that's down the road. That's, that's in the future. That ain't come yet. We ain't got to worry about that yet. But it's in us. That's why they're afraid to die. They might push it to the back of their minds and they don't want to think about it and they don't want to see it. But everybody, you see ambulances go up down this road all the time, don't you? Why? Get them to the hospital quick. Oh, they can't die. Ain't kind of knows in his heart. And he said, they'll hate us and he'll requite us. And that's because... The father's dead. They had they had somebody as a go-between. Daddy was sort of about, he'll keep him from killing me, right? <laughs> they had a go-between. I had experienced that. Jacob's dead, and they don't have a covering anymore. That's what it was. We have no covering of our own. 
he's going to hate us, and, and if he judges us and kills us, he's doing right. That's justice. I worked for a man that was really high up in the Army, and, and I never did anything wrong to where I'd have to call in a favor. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm in trouble. Can you help me? <laughs> I hadn't done anything. But in the back of my head, I, that, was, that was my get-out-of-jail-free card, you know. And uh, I, I knew the boss. Well, then the boss moved and took over another part of the world, and I was didn't have that no more. And all of a sudden, I was uh-oh. Like, I hadn't done anything getting trouble. <laughs> but I had a guilty conscience. I thought, I don't have an out. I have no, there's no backups. There's no backups. There's no golden parachute. I'm just uncovered and naked. And it'd be right to be hated and to be judged, wouldn't it? That's what these brethren were coming. They knew that. They knew it. They didn't think it. They knew it. It was in their hearts. And so I was thinking, would, would God be right? Would he be just to hate me for the evil that I did against him and him only? They did evil. They did evil. And you know, only an evil person can do evil. Only a thief will steal, right? Stealing don't make you a thief. You're a thief and then you stole something. They had a heart problem. And these brothers of Joseph, these sons of Jacob, believe themselves to be evil and to be worthy of justice. It's right. It's right. So what did they do? Verse 16 says they sent a messenger unto Joseph. Did they say, I'll go up there and I'll sort this, this out all by myself? No, I need an advocate. I need, I need somebody to speak on my behalf. I can't even go in his presence. They sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying. And we'll tell you what, what, what Jacob said. For 17 years they've been with Joseph. 17 years. And they're so afraid of justice because of their sin, because of their evil, because of what they are, they had to have a mediator. They had to have an intercessor. They were naked, they were guilty, and they needed a mediator. That's a work of God. That's having ears to hear and, and eyes to see and hearts to understand. We're in trouble. That's, we come in this world thinking everything's fine. Well, it's all going to work out. We'll be okay. This is heart trouble. This is heart trouble. Verse 16, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren, and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. You look at that confession. What's the first thing that's there? Begging for mercy. Forgive. Forgive. Well, there has to be something to be forgiven, right? That's what we need. Forgive. Forgive what? The trespass of thy brethren and their sin. Both of those are singular. Both of those are singular. This ain't, well, I've done a bunch of bad stuff. Oh, there's one problem. There's one problem. What they did unto them, it says they did unto thee evil, singular, and new. Now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. We're children of God. Forgive us. Forgive us. We sinned against you. But remember, this is a picture of Christ and Joseph, isn't it? Look here in Psalm 51. Psalm 51. 
when David had had sin, he thought everything was okay, and sin was revealed to him. He penned this, Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. David had been convicted of this, and he said, what I've done was wrong, and I am wrong. And I've, what I've done is sinned against you. That's what that prodigal son came home saying, wasn't it? He had his whole thing rehearsed. He's going to tell his father. But he didn't say, Daddy, I did, I did you wrong. He said, I've sinned in the sight of God, and you watched it. I've sinned against God. I said, what is that sin? What's that sin? We don't believe him. We don't love him. That goes hand in hand. He said, he'll send the Holy Spirit, and the first thing it's going to do is convict of sin because they believe not on me. They didn't believe on me. They didn't believe what I told them. And they didn't love me. They didn't adore me. That's a sin. It, it, part, part of the law, that Paul said, you hear the law? It ain't just if you could do it, but you have to agree with it and say, this is good. <laughs> That's a law. Agree with the law. If we believe Christ, do we love him? If we believe on him and in him and through him, of course we do. Of course we do. And the Lord said, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's a sin. And that's what his 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 people cry out. I, you may, I grew up in church. I grew up in a faithful gospel church, one of the best preachers this country's ever seen. But I was doing it all for me. And I hated God and I was at war with him. And I didn't believe him. And then he saved me one day. He showed that to me. And that's what I cried out. I was wrong. <laughs> I, was, I was in it for number one. And he broke me. He broke me. Not that, well, I, I decided that, that Henry wasn't preaching just as good. And so I found this way over here. And he, 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 I agree with him a little bit more. No, God broke me. And he saved me. And he gave me life. In verse 17, back in our text, it says, And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. They sent this messenger. And Joseph cried. And you know, I was thinking as a man, Joseph had, his, had to have his feelings hurt. That had to hurt his feelings. Just as, just as one brother to another brother, one human to another human. It had to hurt for 17 years. I didn't chop your heads off. I didn't do anything wrong to you. I, I, I revealed myself to you. I took care of you. I gave you the best land that there was here. For this whole time, I had 17 years of chances to, to do something to if I was going to. And you think now I'm just going to cut your heads off and cast you away? I've experienced that. Uh, someone that I'd known their whole life, they, Kevin, we was afraid he's going to sue them people. Have, have you known me? <laughs> what in the world would ever think make you think that I'd do something like that? That hurt my feelings. That's a sad thing. And then I thought, this isn't just man here. This isn't just picturing that one person's wounded by another person. I can't believe you'd think I'd do something like that. Why would I do that? That's not one person to another. I thought of the Lord. When I doubt him, when I forget his promises, and when I'm unfaithful, and has he ever done anything wrong by me? I'm his. He bought me with a price. 
and, and there's some trials I went through and some pain I went through, and it was hard, and it wasn't fun. But was it wrong? No. No, it was good. Has he ever done anything against his word? Has he said one thing and done another? Has he failed to ever do anything that he said he was going to do? Well, that's why we, we got the New Testament. The Old Testament's Christ is coming. The, the Gospels are he's here, and all the epistles are he's coming again. <laughs> How quick I am to forget that. Turn over to Numbers 23. This here is precious. Numbers 23. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Went to Deuteronomy, went too far. Kiermaier was teaching the children books of the Bible when they was young. And Josiah was too young to really be in school. And I think he's three. But he's he was there. Didn't have nowhere else to be. So he learned his colors and his letters earlier than most people did. He ain't here, I can pick on him. And uh, Kiermaier's going through the big three and teaching them books of the Bible and is reciting it back. And Josiah didn't have a turn. So he kind of stuck his hand up. And Kiermaier said, well, go, go, son. He said, it was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and, and Mitt Romney. He says on elections that time. It's close. Close, buddy. It's good to teach them. Pray God teach them these things. God's never failed to do anything good for me. He's never failed to keep his word, and he's never failed to follow through in anything he's promised. Look here at Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make good? Behold, I've received commandment to bless. <laughs> and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. I've received that commandment to bless people with the hearing of the gospel. And if he blesses, if he takes that message and he comforts somebody or he saves somebody or, or whatever he does, rebukes somebody, that's a blessing for him to do that. If he's blessed it, I can't reverse it. But that's good news to me right next to it. That gives me comfort. I can't mess it up. I can't undo it. I can't undo it. You can't undo it neither. That's what's blessing to you. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. But we're guilty. I don't see it. I'm sin. It's been removed as far as the east is from the west because he bore it. He bore it. He's put it away. It's dealt with. Dealt with. Is it ever before us? Yes. Do I know what I am? Yes. But that only makes me turn to him. If I'm just wallowing in sin, I might as well wallow in anything else. Uh, uh, mud or riches or something. Ain't going to do no good. That's what Jacob, or uh, uh, Job, he, he, tore, he tore his clothes off and he, he was just screaming and crying out. But he cried to God and he worshiped. There was something with that. It wasn't just wallowing in sin. He called to God. He called to God. Back to Genesis 50. The Lord wept for us too, didn't he? What a thought. Genesis 50, verse 18. <clears throat> and his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. We be thy servants. If the Lord conquers a sinner and, and gives them, makes them a new creation and, and gives them sonship, we're a child of God. If we are saved by the king, we serve the king. That's all there is to it. If we're saved by the king, we are that unprofitable servant. 
Uh, Brother Gabe preached on that recently. The five talents and the two talents and the one with one talent. The one with one that buried it. He said, you're an austere man. You reap where you don't sow. And we always think, well, I, I might be the five talents. I've done a whole bunch for the Lord and for the gospel's sake, ain't I? But if I ain't the five talents, I'm at, I'm at least the two talents. That's at least me, right? No, we're all the unprofitable servant. He's the profitable servant. He is. He is. If, but if we've been saved by the king, we're made to serve the king. And Joseph here, he's a picture of Christ, but he's not a perfect picture. He's not a perfect picture. This is a human. He's just like us, right? And after this colon, we're, we're going to read, it's just an older brother. He says, <clears throat> verse 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. You ever come pleading for mercy? I may need it. Need it. In the heart. What does God say? Well, you're going to have to do some stuff. You're going to have to have a six-month improvement program. He says, fear not. Calm down. Fear not. Fear not. That's why he spoke more than anything. Not more than anything, but frequently in the New Testament to his people. Isn't it? Peter's like, fear not. Went to him on the boat, fear not. That's why he speaks to us. Why? Because we're afraid all the time. <laughs> I do. I get <laughs> jump in like a small child. Calm down. Fear not. But he has a colon there. Joseph said to them, Fear not, for I for am I in the place of God? Joseph couldn't they're they're saying forgive our sin. Not forgive us for being bad brothers and what we've sinned against God. Uh, this is the brother talking. I've sinned against God and you've seen it and I need you to forgive me. Have mercy on me, please. Seventy times seven, right? That's what I need. And, and Joseph said, I, I, am I in God's place? I can't do nothing about your sin. You talk to him. That's the Lord's business. That's the Lord's business. <clears throat> Lord said there in Luke 5, He saw their faces and he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? He's God alone. Just him. Just him. I forgive you, brothers, Somebody has sinned, wounded me and, and done me wrong, and that's a lot of wrong. And I've never been cast in the pit and sold into slavery and bondage and put in prison, falsely accused and all those things. He said, I forgive you, but I don't forgive sin. That's the Lord's business. That's the Lord's business. There's no confessional needed. Do you know that? We confess our sin one to another. That's what the Scripture say. People take that and be like, you've got to tell me all the dirty things you've ever thought. Don't you dare do that. Don't you dare do that. That ain't, that ain't our business. I, ain't in a, I don't own a confessional booth. I ain't going in it, and I ain't listening to nobody in it. That ain't none of my business. That's between you and the Lord. But we know we're sinners. And we talk, brethren, I hear brethren talking to other brethren, and I say, yeah, I just didn't believe the Lord. That was the problem. I know that. I was scared. I was nervous, or I was big-headed, or whatever. What was the problem? I'm the problem, and it's me not believing the Lord. He says it right there. Is, it, is he going to fail to do what he says? Of course not. But I forgot that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I got nervous. There's no specific confession needed between believers. I can prove that. Somebody wants to put somebody, get up in front of your brethren and, and tell all the things you've done wrong. Well, you go first. <laughs> that won't happen, will it? But scripturally, can I prove that? Paul wrote that letter to Philemon about a certain servant, Onesimus. That's one of my favorite stories. And Onesimus was an unprofitable servant. And he ran away because he'd done something wrong. 
And he finally found Paul, and he's with Paul for an extended period of time. And Paul writes to Philemon, and he was telling him, he said, you forgive him as you, if you count me a brother. And all, oh, what a picture of the intercession Christ has for us and all those things. But he says in there, he says of, of Onesimus, that unprofitable servant that is now profitable both to me and to thee, Philemon. He says, if he's wronged thee or owe thee aught, put it on my account. Well, did he wrong him or did he owe him? Paul didn't know. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did wrong, Paul. Hush. Take that to God. I know you did wrong. You're just like me. We're sinners. I don't need to hear all your dirty laundry. Take that to the Lord. Take that. Yeah, but it was bad. Well, it was you either wronged him or stole from him or something. I know. They told Philemon, he said, if I've wronged thee or owe thee aught, whatever it was, you put on my account. Verse 20. This is precious. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Not just us 12 sons of Jacob. That's a bunch of Gentiles. I remember that big funeral procession we was looking at last week. Jacob lived there for 17 years. Joseph been there longer than that. Uh, even if they wasn't holding church services with a pulpit of wood and declaring the text, the gospel's going to come out of their mouth. Lord saved some folks there. And he saved some folks throughout time through this story that he's recording in his word. You did all that stuff to Joseph so people in, in 2024 in a January in San Diego County could hear about Christ bearing our sins for us. It's God meant it for good. All things work together for good. For everybody, no. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God did this on purpose. Do you think he does things that ain't on purpose? He did it on purpose to save his people and to glorify himself. Now look at verse 21. I'll close. Now therefore, with all that said, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them. And he spake kindly to them. He says, I will nourish you and your little ones. That word means measure and maintain. Tell you what I'm going to do for you. You're scared. You did wrong. Lord comes to us and says, I'll provide everything for you. That's his name. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. I need a righteousness. I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need to be sustained. I need my feet kept. I need to, to be attentive and awake. I need everything. And he says, I'll provide it. Just like Isaac said, Daddy, there's, we got the wood. Uh, uh, and we got the fire. And we got the knife. We got all these things. Where's the lamb? Lord provide himself a lamb. He provide, I'm going to nurse you. And you're going to have needs you don't even know you needed. And I'm going to provide that need too. You may not even know it. <laughs> he spake kindly to him. Kindly. That's the same word used in Isaiah 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. That's speak to their heart. It's the same word there. Speak kindly to the heart. Speak to the heart. I want to speak to people's hearts. I can't. I can hold you down, speak in your ear. You might, uh, I can capture them boys that come to my house the other day. They may try to stick their tail in their ear like that adder. <laughs> I can pull that tail back out. Tell them what I have to say. But I can't speak to their hearts. I can't. This will be the, the means which God uses. I can't do it. He can if he's pleased to. So we ask him. Ask him. We, that's a good practice. Wake up Sunday morning and say, Lord, 
This benefits both of us. It benefits, benefits me too. Give Kevin a message from my heart. Uh, I'll be thankful to have the message to give you and ask the Lord to bless it. Bless it to you. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Speak kindly. Speak to their heart and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Just like that spear going inside and water and blood come out. What's that? Redemption and sanctification. Made holy. That's what we need. I need bought and I need to be kept. That's got to be spoken to the heart. A friend of mine said this and it was just too good not to steal. I got to tell you. I got to tell you this. The charismatics, Pentecostals and all that, what do they speak to? They speak to emotions. It's emotionalism. Why well, I need to feel warm and fuzzy? So they give warm and fuzzy experiences. The reformed, they speak to the intellect, to the mind. The will worker, and that covers everything, <laughs> the, the emotionals and the, the reformed and all that stuff too. The will worker, they speak to the actions. There's something you got to do or don't do. That's in the body, right? So, so all these, all these falsehoods—they they speak to emotions. They speak to the head. They speak to the body. What's the gospel speak to? The heart. The heart. And they didn't say, "Well, if you don't mess up no more, I'll speak kindly to you." He says, "Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you, and your little ones." And he comforted them, and he spake kindly unto them. <laughs> What was they? They was quiet. He was the one doing the talking. Does, the Lord doesn't save people apart from their minds, but he, he, he speaks to the heart, but it's got to go through the head to get to the heart. Don't it? We're not going to be mindless robots. But I need it to be spoke to the heart, and, and you need to be spoke to the heart. And I pray he does that. I pray he does. I hope that's a blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, what a friend we have in Jesus. What an elder brother, a firstborn that we have. Who's a God like unto our God? Mercies and compassions for us that don't deserve it at all. Evil and wicked. But Christ came and bore that and revealed himself to us and he preserves us and nourishes us and comforts us and is kind kind to us thank you for this salvation thank you for our Lord and our God our King Lord preserve us as you promised you will make us remember your word and your promises in Christ to an undeserving people and keep us and keep us looking to him until we're made like him. And Lord, haste the day. Come quick. We may be home. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the gathering of your people together here and throughout this world. Thank you for letting us know our brethren in other places. We can rejoice with them and pray for them and mourn with them. Lord, forgive us for what we are. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen.